0: Welcome to Reactive. I'm Khalil, and I'm here with Henning. Hello. Hello. How goes it? Yeah, unfortunately, we're uh, without Raquel today because she is uh, she's in Iceland.
1: Oh, that's right. I was wondering why the heck she answers so early on Slack. <laughs> that would explain it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. She's, uh, she's visiting JSConf Iceland. And uh, she's gonna have dinner with uh, Jan Leonard tonight, so she doesn't have time for us. Ah, uh, uh, she's hanging out with all celebrities. <laughs> Good uh, excuse. <laughs> well, I mean, she's uh she's a celebrity herself, so that's what yeah. celebrities do, I guess. <laughs> and I'm sure she's also hanging out with Arctic foxes, uh, whales, and um, uh, Arctic. Uh, Icelandic sheep, because oh. that's basically the animals that they have there. That's
1: the thing, Icelandic sheep, huh?
0: Apparently, yeah. They have specific okay. sheep
1: for themselves. She she can give us all the details next time. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, well, I guess she'll be back next week and give us sort of a, a review. So.
0: I'm sure she will. Yeah. So what's uh, uh, what's been going on with you? Um. yeah what's what's been going on I've been um, working working we're still doing a lot of stuff in the flat before the baby comes like we're still like this is just gonna be it's gonna be going on until the baby's there and then after that even some more because we basically uh, we uh, we moved in here like what seven eight years ago or something like that and we always kind of felt like ah we don't know if we're gonna stay here <laughs> 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 and we and we, and we, and we never really like one hundred percent like finished uh, the flat as how we wanted, you know. How like if you like really like decide to stay in a flat for a long time, like we never finished it. And we decided like with the baby coming and everything, like we're just gonna do it now. And uh, yeah, so there's still a bunch of work to do, but it's going. That's
1: amazing. Seven or eight years. I mean, that's 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 longer than I've been anywhere. <laughs> so. Except for yeah. like my parents' house, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think in your for, adult
0: life basically. Yeah, four t- four years. I think is the max. That's about it. Yeah, <laughs> so, but yeah. I guess I guess you'll you'll be uh, where you are now for a while, huh?
1: Well, I hope so. At least in the when we do settle down, we only have we signed a lease for a rental um, a few yeah. weeks ago, and we're moving in there next week, mm-hmm. and then hopefully. Well, once we know the the town better, maybe buy something. We'll see. Right. No. Yeah. Well, that's interest or that's fun. <clears throat> so you're getting your uh, your baby uh, modifications or preparations done. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, baby modifications and also just general like um, making it nicer, more comfy, mm-hmm. and you know, investing in some furniture and stuff. Nice. So, yeah. 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 Very cool. Other than that. Um, <clears throat> I've been uh I've been uh you know at work I'm doing my this this whole kind of angular migration thing which um I, I finished this this big task that I was talking about um in one of the earlier podcasts, or not earlier, but the you know recent podcasts, uh, where i had to implement this dialogue for um, for for as a, as like an Angular service, so that it's reusable for um, other developers using our kind of platform, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> And uh, yeah, so it really uh, it it is kind of it's a little bit um, to me at least, um, and it's a little bit ugly. And it was interesting because some people in the Slack chat um, pointed out or pointed me to some um, React implementations um, of dialogues or modals or whatever you want to call it. Um, And it's and it's uh, it's it's kind of hacky in React as well in a similar way uh, the different the differences is just a little bit better too like it's it's still less ugly i find uh that compared to 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 angular because it's a little bit more straightforward um you kind of have um the hack in react is basically so so the problem is in in the problem is the same in react um, as it is in angular where you have like your application uh, as a component um in a comp- in a component architecture with a main component and then many other components in that one main component and maybe you have like a nested component somewhere in there that that um you know through a click will trigger or is supposed to trigger some sort of a modal or a dialogue and in order to um To show the dialog without having any, you know, um, index Z CSS problems, you need to put the HTML for that modal as a direct child to the body in the HTML. And that is mostly outside of your actual, you know, outside of the application HTML in your React app or your Angular app. Okay. Yeah so in in both cases in angular and in react you have to do something hacky in order to let your application uh let you let or let your you modal component put that html uh as a child to the body as a direct child to the body and um yeah it, it's just it's just hacky it's basically then also just really using the dom api directly you know like document.body.appendchild, dot append child, you know, and then put yeah. it in put it in there yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and and like basically manually putting it there and also after you're done using it manually um uh, cleaning it up and uh just removing it from Dom and stuff. So <clears throat> and you wanna have but you want to have the content to be um sort of dynamic so you want to put it put into that model and you want to be able to put anything and um and basically in react as far as i could see it kind of what you need to do you need to um so in, in a react component has has a re- has a render function it needs you in, need to implement a render function and that render function normally renders out you know the html for your or for your virtual dom Um, for that component and in case of that modal all it does it just renders out a script an empty script tag and then you have like an underscore render function that then actually puts puts that html in um into the body and and you know all kinds of ugly stuff like that but still it's very it's you have i think two underscore something functions and there you do some manual editing of the of the dom and that's that's basically it And, and then in angular you just have to in comparison you just have to um you have to kind of learn a little bit about angular internals and kind of the class structure of this monster that is angular and um you know you need to pass this View child view reference whatever, and then you need a component builder and whatever. I don't. Know. I, I I forgot. I instantly forget all that stuff once. once like <laughs> but it's so. Just, have you
1: Have you implemented it then in, <clears throat> in Angular? Yeah, it it's, impl- it's yeah, implemented
0: it's and it works, okay. and it's. But but after that, I completely forget about it immediately about the details because I'm really not interested because it's so. Right. It's it's like, for, to me this is like it's so framework specific knowledge you know like the real knowledge here what you need to know what i think is really important is how do you how do you make a proper modal with html and css and how do you like fade it out and fade it in and you know like the actual thing that makes the ui that's that's what's important you need to know a few things and it's quite simple and then how you do that with react or how you do it with angular or how you do it with ember or whatever those kind of framework specific things kind of, I feel, are almost like useless knowledge. They're only really useful in that moment in your mm-hmm. life where you implement it with that framework, but it will never be useful with any other framework or with just doing it with, you know, plain JavaScript and CSS and HTML. Right. So so, so my brain instantly just deletes it once I don't <laughs> need it anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, So it sounds like it's harder to get to in angular what, what i guess i don't understand and, and i guess this is a naive question but like if this i mean a, a modal dialogue is not something weird that is seldomly used right that's <clears throat> sort of a common thing so why isn't yeah. it why doesn't the framework give you an easier way to access that or, <clears throat> or accomplish it i guess
0: yeah it's a good question. It's a question that you automatic uh, automatically ask yourself mm. when you when you implement that. And to me the only thing that I can think of really is that it's been forgotten, you know. Yeah. That, that 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 use case when people build a framework they just don't think about that use case because they have so much other stuff to think about, you know, how to make interacting with the DOM performance and updating the DOM performance and you know all this like how to keep the app Um, maintainable over time and how to help, you know, framework-wise. Like, oh, there's, I mean, there's a billion things, you know, but... Right,
1: but this seems uh, seems kind of big to me, and it's like, why isn't the framework providing some sort of uh, help for that and not, you know, preventing you from having to go and figure out the internals of how to reach down into the guts, as you explained, and do this... These acrobatics or whatever, yeah.
0: or do something yeah. ha- something manual or hacky in React. Yeah, it's right. it's it's yeah, it's it's interesting. Maybe it's. I mean, this is the modal is I think is is um, for this kind of thing is like the most common use case, and I don't really know if there's any other use cases that require the same actions that are so common. You know, mm-hmm. right? And and maybe it's it's maybe it's also just that because most most other things you can you can solve by just staying in the context of the application. Yeah. <clears throat> the the thing is is with the modal the, the modal is like a UI element and you want and and it, it just it just so happens that it has to be placed at this specific point in the in the DOM for you to to make it work. And if you want to make that um really reusable in those frameworks then you have to do that hack if you, if you just want to you know if you just want to do this write this modal once just for your specific application you can just have it in the context of your application most likely and oh, it will still okay. be fine you know right, right. <clears throat> but um yeah it's more like it's like it's it's just a very common part of any kind of UI library and yeah it's uh it's just it, I, I it's easy to overlook i would think
1: Mm-hmm. you know okay but so so you've done
0: it you put it behind you and you've forgotten it so <laughs> Sure, did, sure did. i mean i forgot the details and yeah also like i also i also only you know dove in as far as i had to right. <laughs> in exactly. order to just get it done yeah and then then quickly like yeah got out of it right, right. so that's basically um that's that story um cool uh <clears throat> Yeah, and and, uh, and what's going on with you over there?
1: Well, I'm uh, I'm actually finally starting on on some specific things after trying to get sort of a handle on on business or yeah, I guess business logic and business understanding and especially like terminology. That's the big thing is to understand all the strange and unfamiliar terms within within a company you know and all these three-letter acronyms and stuff like that so yeah i did a lot of that this past week um, sat in a lot of meetings to understand sort of the the big picture um, of all the different systems that exists and how they are and how they are not integrated and how they should be integrated and things like that so it was like Tons and tons and tons of information. And then um, now I'm sort of starting more with the uh, getting familiar with the technical stack, um, understanding uh, what we're building on, what we're deploying to. And um, basically, yeah, actually one interesting thing is so I'm trying to make the case for uh, using JSON API Mm. and uh, putting sort of together a, a tiny little proof of concept Cool. And um, looks pretty good so far we'll see if once I understand the data a little better to see if it actually does make sense. but so far it looks like it does and uh, people are responding to it positively so I actually cool. gave sort of a, a mini version of my conference talk in the sure. office with with some guys huddled around the laptop so um, that was fun and um, yeah, so again, still still doing a lot of stuff in vagrant and being I know that that's a bit behind the curve because so many people are moving to um, to Docker to Docker, right? But what mm-hmm. I'm finding is I wouldn't is like, call it
0: behind the curve. It's just less. Well, it's just less hype. Less yeah. Hype.
1: It, okay, that's so, what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's Vagrant new, is still the right. new, 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 new shiny, You're right. No, but yeah. what I'm finding is is that's really pleasant. Very, um, yeah, just pleasant. Basically, It's like bigger apps just offer their installation, you know, in a in a Vagrant or in a Docker container or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just yep. download that and put it on your machine. Don't have to do anything else yep. except for start it up and then start configuring it instead of... Uh, or just using it if there's not a lot of configuration. So one of the things mm-hmm. that I'm trying to get to um, uh, use is this uh, API gateway called Kong. So in, instead of... The, and the whole, the whole concept behind it is basically you know, if whatever language you're, you're developing your API in, um, you most likely don't want to have to deal, or it would be nice if you don't have to deal with things like user authentication, uh, rate limiting, um, you know, logging and, and analytics and all those types of services, because to build those all yourself is, is just nuts. So what Kong does is basically it sits in front of your Uh, API server, so whatever, in in my case, it's uh, PHP and Laravel, just um, implementing some endpoints that serve up JSON or JSON API formatted JSON, and then you don't let anyone get to that server directly, but you put Kong in front of that, which is basically an open source library or an open source system um, that is um, published by MashApe that's sort of an, um, API monetization platform, but it it basically has this plugin system. It comes with a whole bunch of things out of the box that, that essentially let you do user authentication. You know, you can manage your users, assign them to what they're allowed to have access and you can do rate limiting based on endpoint or users and, and all that sort of stuff. It uh, provides caching and, um, analytics and logging and all this stuff so that's pretty much a huge load that is taken off our shoulders you know and hopefully is um sort of yeah production production ready and and robust um it's written in lua which i've never never even seen but um it's uh supposedly uh used by many, many of the very large corporations. So I'm going to test that out. And that's what I was getting at. That actually comes in a vagrant box, which is really nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Just
1: download that with like three lines of, you know, commands on the command line. Mm-hmm. And I'm up and running and point it to my API server instance and then access it through that. So that, that's sort of what I'm working on right now is, again, API cool. stuff. And,
0: that's awesome.
1: Um, yeah so that's it's a lot of fun as i said sitting with humans <laughs> yeah. i was at home alone last time i know I, I was with humans in the house but not working with them so my colleagues yeah. <laughs> we're <Yeah. laughs> across the ocean now they're in uh, a few seats away so, oh. yeah so that's um sort of in a nutshell what i'm what i'm dealing with uh having a good time
0: that's super cool well, it yeah. sounds sounds like you really get uh, to go uh, a lot deeper on this whole API thing.
1: Yes, and yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, and it's also
1: really neat. I mean, the company is very well. The company itself really isn't that young, but it's it's in a phase now where it's pretty much exploding, and the engineering team is growing fast. Mm. So um, we're you know still just a handful of people, but the technology is evolving very quickly at least mm-hmm. their stack and we're sort of at the beginning of everything so mm. there's still a lot of um opportunity to to influence and to suggest the direction things can go in and that's yep. just awesome that's lots of fun so. and great. a lot of responsibility <laughs> screw up <laughs> we'll see no but with uh, with the whole api stuff i have quite a lot of experience so
0: that's, yep. yeah should be okay yeah, this this Kong thing sounds also really uh, interesting. I mean, it's it, it seems like it's doing a lot of things that you know basically every API needs. Exactly uh, in, fr- in front of it, basically. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and the, like thing, the is thing, thing is, like yeah. you
1: know, it's it's just uh, nice to not have to worry about that to the extent of like okay, implementing all that mm-hmm. yourself. Um, why not but use something open source that you know, is proven?
0: Yeah, but is it is it maybe slightly? Um, let's say uncomfortable that is not that it's not written in p h p
1: um well, that's why we have to test it out first. I mean, yeah, we'll see the way I'm looking at it is is or I have to look at it is kind of a black box um mm-hmm. that you know provides a certain extent of functionality mm-hmm. and if it does what we need, then
0: I'm okay with that, sure. I mean, it must be highly configurable, I guess. Yeah,
1: it is. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, some of the things you can do is, and this is also really neat, is even based on the way I understand it, at least, if you give a user access to endpoint A, um, you can just simply pass through the requests and the responses unchanged, Mm -hmm. but you can also modify the incoming request and you could modify the outgoing response. So, and that's, you know, per user. So, you build your base API and then potentially, you know, take out a few fields or modify things slightly for a specific user without having to futz around with your actual backend. So hmm. That's kind of cool.
0: Oh, so that you can do all that in that kind of configuration layer. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it makes a, It's 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 really a cool thing for it not. To, it, for it basically to be its own application and not to be part of you know the your application from your company where exactly. you have to build because then it's because that's like two different whole different stories. this whole kind of authentication, and and then just building the API, and yeah. So this this makes uh, a lot of sense. It's cool. I hope that it. Right. I hope it works out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll I'll report back. I mean,
1: the nice thing yeah. is, or the thing that um, is hopefully good is that is essentially this is a, for- a for-profit company. They're opening or they're releasing this as open source, and you can just basically use it and have it completely on your own, or you can, I believe pay for hosted services mm-hmm. or you can have you know a support contract it's sort of the usual monetization model so you're not like totally on your own yeah and um, they are interested in continuing to develop it hopefully so. i think this is just you know it's not the only one out there but this is one that caught my eye mm. and uh we'll give it a spin
0: cool yeah
1: yeah so do you know what a functor is Functor, yes I well no I can't answer it right now I've heard if heard about it I knew it at some point uh-huh. now I, no know right offhand I can tell you <laughs> <Functor>. <laughs> because,
0: because uh this is something I, I I I mean I can't say that I really learned what it I read I read some more of the adequate guide to functional programming books which which I can't stop to recommend because it's it's written in such a nice. Friendly way, and and it's um it's a really good introduction to functional programming. And uh, <clears throat> so what I understood is that a functor is basically um, it's just a bad name for for what it is. Um, because functor or functor or whatever, it just sounds like something you know esoteric and uh, abstract. Um, basically, what it is, it's like a it's like an interface for um in order to make any kind of data mappable. You know, like the map function on arrays? Do you have mm-hmm. that in uh- Yeah,
1: is it is it sort of um uh, what is it called? Not meta programming, but um I, I think I know this from my C days. I can't, but go ahead. Sorry. Interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Well, it's used in functional programming. I only know the examples that you know he gave in JavaScript, where um, basically it's just a function, uh, or it's it's an interface that implements specific functions. Like it in, implements the function off, you know, of, and it mm-hmm. implements the the map function. And it has a value. So you can, you can, so, so let's say you get, um, so what was the, what was it again? He, the, he, I think he created a maybe, a maybe value. So it's a value that can be or cannot be, like it ha- can have those different states. And it's, it's also kind of about controlling, you know, if, if a value is null or not and do some type checking in there. I'm sure I'm getting, uh getting some stuff wrong. But basically what you do is then you say, so you create this function that you can create instance instances of. So you can call it a class if you want. And it, what you do is um, um you can say, you can take a bunch of data, it can be just a number or it can be uh an object or something, uh some JSON or whatever, and you say, you know, maybe dot off so, and maybe is that basically class that implements off and map and has has basically space for a value. And that value is like a private, so to speak, private variable. And so when you create, when you say maybe.off, um, then it creates this new instance, um, or it basically just takes that value that you pass in the off function and stores it in that value, underscore, underscore value function. And then what you, so, and, and, and now you have, you have basically this value wrapped in this functor thing. And, and, and it automatically has, um, a map function. And now because, because you have, you implement that map function, you basically say, um, you implement that map function yourself. You basically say how that map function sh- operates on that data that's stored in that value. And then what you can do is you can chain, um, you know, maps and, like, map functions with each other when you have multiples of these kind of um, wrapped data sets and stuff like that. I don't know. I I guess I'll have to go into it a little deeper um, in order to explain it better. But but that's, like, approximately what it is. He, he he said in the book that you can also, you could also just call it mappable because all it does is really um, take any data, any data set and or or... Any kind of data item can be anything, and and make it mappable. And that's interesting because it is basically a tool in order to control um, um, in in order to control d- kind of working with data where normally your functions would be impure, so to speak, in the functional programming sense. And you can also map. Um, You can also map, uh, I mean, sorry, you can also um, basically wrap asynchronous um, operations in a functor, or you can, you know, data that you have to access asynchronously and then work with it synchronously. So it's it's always about, it's similar to, I find a lot of that stuff that I read there kind of rediscovered, what they did with observables with with RxJS and reactive programming where they also have this off function and they make everything mappable and filterable and all this kind of stuff and no matter what kind of data it really is so <clears throat> i find this very interesting so i'm 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 going to i'm going kind of down I, I'm I keep going down that route a little mm-hmm. bit with. Funktual. Have you
1: have you started using this concept, or are you just learning about it? Like, are, are nope. you writing code, or are you just reading?
0: Um, I'm just I'm just reading, okay. so that's that's always yeah. Like, okay. uh, once you write, yeah, because this doesn't doesn't ring
1: a bell for me. But I'm pretty sure this is for from my C++ days where I was doing this uh, meta programming. That's really hard in C++ because everything is strictly typed. But uh, I couldn't recall exactly what, what it what it does or did.
0: <laughs> it's interesting because now trying to explain it, it 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 seems to me suddenly it seems so uh complicated. But reading yeah. it in the book it was it was quite it was explained in a way that made it seem clear. Mm-hmm. But it's and simpler, but I. But it's also when you read that book, you also have kind of all the stuff that you read before and the chapters before that as kind of as context. Mm-hmm. And I think that also makes it easier then because it kind of refers to right. things, you know that that happened before, yep. so to speak. Yeah. So, uh, but but that's that's uh, super interesting. Just it it basically the book basically shows you how you can how you can implement. Uh, a UI uh, in JavaScript uh, really completely functional, basically. Mm-hmm like in a functional way and even the asynchronous operations, like how to kind of wrap and model that so that you can so you basically like in 99.9999% percent so you only you're only dealing with pure functions and you're composing them and chaining them and that's all you do basically. Yeah. And that is t- super interesting. Um you know, uh yeah. I find it yeah. fascinating.
1: Yeah. Speaking of JavaScript, I had a tiny little assignment um, to write some front-end JavaScript, which is kind of weird, <laughs> but but essentially we're we're working on this platform. Uh, it's basically e-commerce, and and one of the tasks or one of the um, components we're going to use is is this thing called uh, Contentful, and it's basically a CMS on steroids. I was told. Uh, I read a little bit about it myself, but but essentially you can um, create these you know, content categories, uh, which could be, I don't know, images or even blocks of text or, you know, HTML snippets and in different languages. And then you can store this under some kind of uh, unique key uh, with a bunch of attributes. And then there's a uh, JavaScript library and libraries for all kinds of other um, languages as well to basically access this um, content that is then not only um, like in the case of images, optimized for mobile and retina and all that kind of stuff, um, but it's also hosted on a CDN, so it's distributed, hmm. and it's also versioned, and so you hmm. can have uh, not only you know versions as versions in GitHub, for example, um, but also um, like production and you know development or staging or testing whatever. So you can access different the same the same bit of content in its different forms let's say you know the production version the um staged version or or I guess the development version on uh you know on your site without much um trouble, which is actually really cool and it also lets um you basically split out your your content um, uh generation or your content team can work on it and in a very nice, uh, UI and you just pull it in, um, with, with JavaScript, for example. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that works for, for localization. So you can have stuff in different languages and just pull it in depending on what locale the site is in. So, um, that's something, I mean, probably for front end people is nothing new, but I was kind of like, wow, that's, that's really awesome. <laughs> Especially that it, it gets distributed globally um you know on a CDN network. So that was that's was kinda hmm. neat.
0: Yeah. So so does that mean that basically is it like a true content management system? And by that I mean does it really separate content from markup and how it's displayed? Yes. So okay. what I've seen
1: so far is um simply content types that are text. Um
0: mm-hmm.
1: that you know, it seems like it was, for example, the, the footer and the footer text or copyright text or something like, or some legal stuff in in different uh, forms, you know, for, mm-hmm. for mobile, for whatever, and different, uh, potentially different languages, which in our case, it's only English, I think. But uh, um, yeah, so it's, it seems like it's um, completely separate.
0: Okay, so so the yeah. text is not stored with like HTML tags in it and stuff.
1: Some of it was, but some of it was just plain text. So I guess
0: it, you mm. can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the que- the question is really like, how do you store I- if the text is not marked down How do you store it and, and while keeping like you know like certain oh, formatting? Word, yeah. Yeah, some formatting yeah. in there. And this wor- word is bold and stuff.
1: This like that. I do not know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Interesting. But no, I've just, never heard of that, that uh, CMS. It's,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's some sort of service. You can use it for free for certain amount of um, API access or API hits. And then there's, of course, paid plans and extra features you can unlock if you
0: pay them money. Okay. And what was it? What did you have to implement?
1: Um, I basically had to write a little script that um, takes various uh, parameters, which are basically. Um, truck parameters so model make year Mm -hmm. and uh certain other things and then fetch the correct uh, banner based on that
0: Uh, okay yep
1: cool Um, just a little emergency side project (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so are you like the uh, javascript guy there a little bit or no well not really i mean um there's a front-end team and then there's like two or three back end people now. And, uh I'm part of that. But they needed mm-hmm. some help. So. Right. Yeah. Like I said, they're they're expanding <clears throat> rapidly right now. So it's the whole thing, everything has sort of the feel of being in startup mode, you know. Mm. Um I hope that settles down, but for for mm-hmm. the time being it's fun. So
0: yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. <clears throat> yeah, so um I've been <clears throat> I've been kind of um, um so basically I wrote this little application for my um talk that I gave at you know those meetups mm-hmm. um throughout the year <clears throat> and it's called it's a very simple um simple application that I don't know if it really would have any use for anybody. It's called Tiny Draft. And what it is, it's just what it says it is. It's just you know like a list or a collection of of tiny drafts or it's it's just it gives you the up op- the the possibility to you know to to create a new draft just like um and all you can do is write some text in there and store it, and then it shows all the little tiny drafts that you have in a in some way in a mm-hmm. list or, or a grid or something like that. And then what you can do you can kind of star the 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 tiny you know the drafts and so favorite them basically right and and uh and then say okay i only want to see the favoured ones not all of them that is the that is the extent of the application of this example application that i wrote for the talk just but it was about it was about the architecture that i implemented it it, Mm -hmm. implemented it with it was not so much about you know the usefulness right um but nevertheless this application is something that um at some point in time i really wanted to have that and wanted to write that because i thought it would be cool to have like a specific place to just think about tweets you know, like, because what, what oh. <laughs> be- because, <laughs> uh, because what I was, so basically to have like a little application where you kind of draft your tweet and can store it there. And then at some, whenever you want, you can go ahead and edit it and then send it off as a tweet from that Ah, app, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, be- because what I sometimes find annoying is that when you draft your tweet in, in the normal Twitter application, then like there is this blue button and it wants to be pressed and you don't, you can't really <laughs> like, you know, it's like super, like it, it kind of it kind of nudges you to write and post, write and post, you know, like it's kind of, that's how it's designed. And uh, sometimes I felt like it would be, especially for me, I don't know, because, I don't know, I guess because that UI kind of really does that to me. It kind of stresses me out and stresses me to post. Mm-hmm when I edit a tweet or think about a tweet and it doesn't give me the peace of mind that I need to just do a little, to think about a tweet and draft it and maybe send it later because that's just not possible in the UI. Mm -hmm. And of course you can just, you know, do it in any document or whatever, but I like to have this little UI and, (laughs) and all that. So, so because, and I've been saying that I think last time uh, as a response to one of the questions that, you know, currently I kind of feel like I would like to. I'm missing kind of really crafting like a UI for something that people can actually use and stuff. And mm-hmm. so, so I took I, I kind of um, took took that application that I wrote with Angular two which is, um, it was, like I said, just roughly implemented basically and didn't have a nice design. And I really kind of, I just sat down and when I was, uh, you know, in the train and when I have a little time and was just trying to design an actual UI for that application, like a UI that I would feel like looks nice and clean. And, and I was, and it was really, really cool. Like it, it satis- satisfied something in me, like to to think through that and how to simplify it and how to make it clean and, all. and I just implemented it with HTML and CSS, nothing else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, just like the view of how the list would look, the list of drafts, and then also the compose window. You know, when you compose your draft, right? And um, and now I'm kind of I'm kind of looking into using Electron to implement that app as an actual like Mac application. Oh, nice. Yeah. And because because uh, I looked into Electron because one of my colleagues <coughs> showed, he was like into it and wanted to do something with it and showed it to me and he was like, It's so easy, you know. You can open a window and then do this, and you have a tray icon, and you can, you know, like you have a global shortcut, and and everything is so easy. And I was like, "This is really fucking easy, you know? Like it's (laughs) it's crazy." And just listen to the latest changelog. Was it the changelog? Yeah, I was just
1: gonna say it's all over the podcasts right now. There's like three or four podcasts
0: that are all talking about Electron in the last few
1: weeks. Yeah.
0: And that was another kind of uh, push towards Electron for me, and and uh, so I'm currently kind of looking at the Electron API, and you know how would how would I implement that? And because basically what I need is like I need to be able to display the list in one window, and then when I when you want to do it, when you open a new draft, it has to open a new browser window, like a new a new Electron little window mm-hmm. that only contains you know the the draft editor basically, you know? right? <clears throat> And it's 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 really really fun to just to think about it and about in this minimal kind of way and and try to really make it an app that is going to be like cool to, or nice to use you know like really nice to look at nice to use, and uh, so so that's kind of what I'm doing in my free time and I'm actually looking at um, using React to to implement the JavaScript part of it.
1: Very cool. I mean, it also sounds like it's. It's it's a reasonable size for a, a yeah. side project that Super wouldn't drag small. on for like a year or something. <laughs> exactly. You know? No, this can yeah. be done
0: quite quite quickly, and it, and it's um, um, I mean, I'm still going to take long because I only work you know like half an hour here and hour there or whatever right. on it, um, and just like very leisurely and just and I and I take sometimes just take time to just. Look at it. Look at the design that I made. And just think about it. You know? yeah, a, tink, a
1: tinker project. That's awesome. It's really yeah. yeah. It's, it's
0: it's and it's really fun because I really care about that how it feels and 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 that it's like extremely minimal. Because in the beginning, mm-hmm. I'm I'm even going to like I think you know in order to create a new draft, like there's only the only way to do that is going to be like to. To use a keyboard shortcut, for instance, just like mm-hmm. Command N, you know? Yeah, Nothing yeah. else. It's not gonna be an icon for a new draft, or anything. It's just gonna be that. Okay. You know? But then <laughs> but then it would be cool if that win that draft window like kind of animates when it opens up and stuff like that. Well mm-hmm. maybe not in the beginning, like I don't know. Uh, but all that stuff is like interesting to figure out. And also when it comes to electron, also, you know, how do you kind of how what how do those two windows now the draft window that contains your draft communicate with the list and stuff like that you know like how yep. do you get the data that you put in there into that list and stuff. So there's a specific API for that stuff, and or you can use events or something. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking uh, at all that, and um, yeah, and it's. I think it's interesting that I am not really compelled to use Angular <laughs> to do <laughs> it. It feels. It just feels like too much, uh, and yeah. I, and I'm not. And it's this this, this this weird thing. Like the first time I used Angular one like years ago, I was like super into it, and I thought was wow, cool because it was really the first javascript framework that i used that really made you productive mm-hmm. quickly and i understood kind of and then uh, but at some point it's there is just something about it that is um a little bit removed from how i like to think or how i like to work and it's very very like uh one of my colleagues put it in put it really well it's more like a s like um it's like a computer science research project more than something that is built for people to actually build something with it. <laughs> oh wow, really? <laughs> I mean I mean I mean it that's not really true true you know to say that way because it you can you can very easily and nicely really built build, build mm-hmm. um nice applications with it and you can build you know huge stuff and all that stuff so it's that's it's not true that it's not useful or anything like that it's, there's just a f- how it feels and i think that yeah. if you f- if you feel at home in with like uh computer science like concepts and patterns and dependency injection and all this kind of thing stuff you know if if you feel at home there um then then you will also most likely feel very at home with angular because they they're just really they, they especially when you have to kind of look onto the um uh thing a little bit you find you find you know how it's kind of built it's it feels very much like a compu- computer science like you know like a lot of abstraction and yeah. All the patterns are implemented that you can think of, and you know it's like uh, how you imagine how uh, Google kind of Google engineers kind of think and work. You know, mm-hmm. like they come from Java a lot; they're influenced from that from that world, and they they hire you know in a specific way that kind of. Um, that kind of favors people who have a, a very classic kind of computer science education and are very good at that and stuff like that. So that finds its expression somehow in the framework and, um, you know, trying out playing around with react just felt a little bit more straightforward for me mm-hmm. because I don't have that kind of computer science, like deep computer science education. It, i I, most of the stuff that I'm doing today is completely, you know, I learned while working or just, you know, yeah, I just taught Yourself, taught, yeah. it, mm-hmm. taught it myself. Yep. And um, so I'm very removed from that. I'm very, very far removed from, from thinking in patterns and stuff like that to a certain extent. I mean, I, uh, of course, I see the use of patterns, um, but but especially then when i when i actually use them and 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 they solve a problem for me that is that is very that 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 pertains to building an application and to making it even more simple you know right cuz patterns you know are a kind of a complicated solution to a complicated problem but they end up making your whole thing like your whole problem in in a whole basically simpler by By applying a pattern and having a system and stuff like that and um, so in those cases, you know where I needed them, I always find found them great but um, the more straightforward it can be in an API um, and uh, in a way how to how to put your application to get to to together, the more it will speak to me and and in this comparison that I now have by I mean, not really, really deeply because I didn't do a lot in React, but the comparison that I have so far makes me feel like React is just a little bit more straightforward and direct to the point for me personally. Yeah, well, very cool. So then
1: we're going to get um, lots of React no uh, info from you and from Raquel, and then now also like Electron stuff. So that's, that's very cool. I've yeah. been wanting. I've been wanting to fiddle with that. I just don't have to, any time to do anything at the moment on the side. So no, of course. We shall yeah. see. I'll have to just listen to what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, are we going to do any questions today, or should we wait until it's all three of us?
0: Um, I don't know. I should think about that. We. I mean, we could. We could do one question. Okay. We're coming and... up on an hour, so we're
1: close to it. <laughs> But by the way, my so I I forgot my bat, uh, laptop charger. I'm running off battery right now. But right. I I noticed that I I still have plenty. I have over an hour left. So. Oh, Turning down cool. the screen was very very helpful. <laughs>
0: good. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could just do to 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 close it to close it out. We could okay. do a question, and then um and then next time when Raquel is here, then we'll just do that question for her for her. Okay. As well. You oh, know? That's good. Yeah, yeah something like that. So let's see what we have. I have no idea where we stopped. Um,
1: just throw one out there, and we'll figure out if we did it already or not.
0: Okay. Okay. Um. Uh, milk on tea? Yay or nay? <laughs> 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 what? Okay. Um <laughs> let me guess who's this? It's from? it's it's a Londoner or somebody who lives in London. <laughs> I right? was just gonna say yes, definitely the someone from Mr. M- Mr. Moray. Uh
1: um but depends on the tea, you know? I mean if it's black tea, I at least personally for sure milk. but otherwise no Really? Where does that where does that come from? That's uh I don't know. That just seems it seems right. I don't it like it seems the- right. Chamomile or peppermint tea. I wouldn't put milk in there, but it's like something like uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, black tea. I mean, I think black black tea tea is meant with tea. Yeah. So I don't know. That's my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, For me, um, both is fine. Really? Mm -hmm. You would put milk in peppermint? I guess you could. No, 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 no. I mean, no, no. I'm, I'm just thinking of black tea. Because ah, okay. that's what I expect is the question. If you okay. put it into black tea. Because people ah, feel strongly right. about um, putting milk into black tea or not.
1: Oh, okay. Then I misunderstood the question. I thought any tea. Oh, okay. okay.
0: Yes. No, I don't think so.
1: Then it's definitely yes.
0: Definitely yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and for me, I can I appreciate it. Uh, I can appreciate it both ways. But I don't drink a lot of tea at all, actually. Uh. Mm. I'm trying uh, to get and, back and to if, that. And if I drink tea, I drink green tea. And that is definitely without milk. Um. Well, I guess if it... Have you ever had matcha? Uh, Yes, I think so, but also not with milk. Really? Okay.
1: I guess you can make it with both. But yeah, I, I made that for a while. And I did that with milk too. Made, really? it, made it frothy. It was very pleasant actually. <laughs> 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 yeah, I had this little bamboo whisk and you could whip it up and it was actually really good. Mm. So, yeah, I did that with milk. But, uh, yes, but uh, I'm trying to get off coffee again. So, with this whole moving thing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, lots of uh, stress and very little sleep. Of course, that's like the worst to have coffee, but it seems like you need it. So, I started drinking that again and sort of the amounts per day you know started going up and um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. trying to put the brakes on that and switching to tea Mm -hmm. to get off of it again um because it's i just i don't know i get agitated when i drink too much caffeine and i'm not pleasant to be around so (laughs) 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 it would be advisable to to take that down a few notches
0: (laughs) okay yeah but um anyway still happily drinking coffee yeah, but I but I stop at like 2 or so. Oh, okay. Mostly. So, yeah. I see. And how's well. your Pokémon going? Are you still playing? Oh, yeah. Although I
1: have to say, well, I'm at the uh, level 23 now, and it's getting kind of uh the the amount of points you need to get to the next level are getting like ridiculous. You need like 100,000. And um that seems just would take forever the last one was seventy five thousand, and i still had a lot of time to actually play because i was mm-hmm. walking a lot in the mornings but now that i started work i don't really see that i'm gonna be doing much right yeah i mean I'm, i went on a few walks late at night here in this new town um, mm-hmm. which is very interesting like um raquel was saying you know to discover things because you walk around in the sort of the neighborhoods and there's nothing. And then off in the distance, you see like a ton of stops and gyms and you go towards that direction. And like, Oh, you hmm. know, it's downtown and you discover all these buildings and stuff. And for me, you know, it's a completely or mostly new town. So it's actually kind of funny. And um, so I did that a few times and I'm starting to run with one of my friends here, but I don't want to annoy him and stop every time I find something. Yeah. So So I just, I hold the phone and I have the app on just to, like, hatch eggs, you know, because by walking or running a certain amount or a certain distance, you can hatch eggs. So I I limit it to that. So I don't um, have him, like, kick me off (laughs) the run or something. He has to stop every two minutes. Um, But, yeah, so that's, yeah, go ahead.
0: Is that, like, a a friend that you had? from before in florida or or yes is, is, uh,
1: yes it's a long long story basically my my wife had roommates uh when she was at a residency in gainesville which is an hour north of here and this is a couple we're actually staying with right now and we've ah, known them for okay. many years now yeah so him and i we go on we're gonna go running in the evenings now to do some get some exercise
0: yeah oh nice yes
1: because yeah. it's yeah, I just need to that's another thing I need to start when I have well I am but keep keep going I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yes, but it's fun to discover that, you know, who is playing playing Pokemon at work uh, since we're on that subject and see what they're
0: <laughs> what they're up
1: to and what they do and okay. Um, yeah, so they're coming out with like new features and things like that and the game oh, yeah? is a lot Yeah, it's a lot more involved than I h- had any idea. You have to actually see it seems like you need to know the actual story uh, to uh-huh. understand certain things about the Pokemon. So, um, not all of, so there's different, um, you know, obviously like, I don't know, a ton of different Pokemons, at least over a hundred. Mm-hmm. And, um, you can catch, you know, uh, any number of the same type of Pokemon, but it turns out that, um, each Pokemon of the same type is actually different in, in, its okay. abili- in its abilities to do certain things and in its abilities to evolve or how it evolves. And um, I had no idea. So, there's these, these parameters that you can look at. And um, I don't even know what they're called. They're IV. I don't know what that stands for. I, my colleague, he explained some of it to me and he he, he that yeah you kind of need to know the story of the old games or the actual story of Pokemon to understand what this all means. So I have a lot to learn I guess. But uh it's not just uh throwing balls at creatures. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a little more to it.
0: Yeah wow, that's good. Um, yes.
1: Oh yeah okay. and Raquel Raquel told me how to earn earn poke coins. I guess I didn't I didn't realize you were able to do that. Because there's there's like no No instructions to the game, right? You have to, I guess, you have Mm -hmm. to Google and see what people write about it. But uh, the game Mm -hmm. itself doesn't really explain itself. So, I guess when you when you conquer or when you put a Pokemon in a gym, you um, the first time you do that, uh, you can immediately claim ten coins, and then every twenty one hours, so as soon as you do that, a counter, a timer starts basically and counts down, and then Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you can go and claim coins. 10 coins for each Pokemon you have in the game at the time that you're allowed to claim. So, that is for some reason every 21 hours. So, if at that marker when that timer hits zero, I have no Pokemons, I get no coins. If I had one or two, then I get you know, 10 or 20 mm-hmm. coins. Mm-hmm. And then you can actually go and buy stuff. And I guess the, the easy route is to actually buy Pokecoins and I, that's how they're making their, I think, of $2 million a day. The game is, was making a few weeks ago. It's probably more by now. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you can also wow. get the coins without spending real money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I really hope that they, um, they uh, put out, I don't know, an engineering blog or something like that. Mm. That would be really interesting to me because it's actually a fascinating concept. If you think about the API that they have, you know, it's, it's geospatial um, aware. Mm-hmm. Because it, depending on where you are with your handset, it pulls in a certain result set, I guess, in order to tell you in the UI, you know, what critters are where and when they're going to appear and what kind they are. Because mm-hmm. basically, if, if a Pokemon appears somewhere, it's not just for you. Everybody else can see it too. That's in your vicinity. Yeah. So it's controlled centrally, not necessarily by, by the app itself. So that just yeah. seems really fascinating to me that they have this, these servers running that control the entire game. So very cool. Definitely. Yeah. Would be interesting to see what they're, what they're running on. Yeah. And yep. I guess the, the, the reason things were, or one of the reasons things weren't working too well in the beginning is that some people reverse engineered the, uh, the API or figured out how to access it. And uh, it's not really public. And they started writing these apps that would basically tell you um, on a on a Google Map or some kind of map where the actual Pokemons are at in real time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And because it, the game itself doesn't do that, and that's kind of cheating, okay. you know. And sure. uh, well, it is cheating, period. Um, yeah. And that was, I guess, you know, hurting their servers or, or putting too much strain on them. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yes, I think so. So there's a there's an interesting uh technology or, you know, IT or, or software aspect to the whole thing that would be awesome to to know a little bit more about.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I think we're at an hour. Wow, that yeah. was fast.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So as always, um, dear listeners, you can always find us in the Slack chat and our, um, super cool, um, community react of reactivists. Um, if you are, I don't, I don't think we have any new members, uh, recently. So, um, if you feel compelled to join us, it would be awesome. Um, You'll find the link to join us in the show notes. The show notes are at reactive.audio. And you can also uh, contact us on Twitter at reactivepod. And I'm Khalil Tweets. All right. Yeah. And
1: if you uh, want to chit chat about Pokemons, Raquel actually started a Pokemon Go channel. So (laughs) (laughs) there's uh, some things in there. So you can get advice on that, too. It was helpful to me. But uh, also, if you would like to help us out a little bit, um, help other people discover the podcast, please leave us a review. Go to iTunes and rate the podcast or leave a review. And uh, a link on how to get there is in the show notes that uh, Khalil already mentioned. And I am H. Glattergots on Twitter, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.
0: Oh, uh, did, we, oh. did we say uh, Raquel's Twitter handle? Oh, no. Of course She's, of course, uh, at RockBot on the Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. See ya.